What is the biggest reason why most of us are not where we truly think we should be? Whether we like it or not, a lot of it has to do with fear. Now, if I challenge you, most of us would say, there's nothing I'm afraid of. But in this week's podcast, after some great feedback on the last podcast about fear, I dig deeper into fear, the psychology behind fear and how it hides in plain sight and it doesn't and we don't realize we're really afraid i deal with it unpack it and bring some great tools and tips we can use that we can apply practically to help us overcome fear and literally destroy it and build up our confidence you don't want to miss this stay tuned for this week's podcast welcome to the you unleashed podcast with femi akinyemi podcast where we share thoughts and ideas on how to Unleash your best in the workplace and in life in general. You know what I usually say, done is better than perfect. So join me as we go on this journey towards perfection. A little bit a day gets you closer to where you want to be. Last week, I published a podcast on fear. And what I was surprised by was the amount of great feedback I got from people. Really good feedback saying, This is what I wanted to hear. This is what I needed. And it got me thinking, do we underestimate the power of fear in our lives? Now, we're not talking about the obvious fear, the fear of losing something precious, the fear of losing our lives, the fear of losing all our money. That kind of fear is obvious, but there's a deeper fear within us that holds a lot of us back. There's a fear that holds a lot of us and stops us from being the best we can be. You'd be surprised that a lot of us are actually afraid of success. I know, it's hard to believe, but wait for it. You see, a lot of us subconsciously don't want to be successful sometimes because of the responsibility and the work it brings with it. I can't tell you the number of times I've been coaching people or working with people and I'll tell them, push to be successful, push to be a manager, and they'll say, I don't want to manage anyone. I don't want to lead. But here's the thing. The more successful you become, there becomes a responsibility, a need for you to give your gift or your talents to the world. You cannot become successful without the world or people needing more of what you have to offer, which puts more responsibility on you. So subconsciously for a lot of us, we don't realize it, but we are afraid to be successful because it's going to demand more of us and the fact that it's going to demand more of us means we're going to need to change we're going to need to become somebody we are not we're going to need to become something else you see to become to get what you want sometimes you need to become someone you are not and for a lot of us to become that organized focused hard-working dedicated person that doesn't take as much time off as you do now and doesn't get to watch TV as much as you do, doesn't get to do as much fun things as you do. For some of us, that's something we don't want to give up. Now, don't get it wrong. People who are successful have fun too, but it's intentional fun. When they want to have fun, they have fun. And when it's time to work, they work. So that's an example of a fear a lot of us have, that sometimes it's deep-seated and we don't even realize it. It masks itself around us, us trying to have a nice balance in life. When we've not asked ourselves, really, are we really pushing to make the best of ourselves? 
So that's one of the things we'd fear. But to bring it back to today, I wanted to talk a bit more about fear because as I've been examining my own life, as I've been reflecting on the feedback people have given me, it helps me think of a story once that I shared recently. I was helping a manager interview people. It was my manager and he was interviewing people to join my team, the team I work with. And this young man comes in and he comes in with such a braggadocious attitude, a confidence that you wouldn't believe. It doesn't matter much these days, but he was younger than me. So I was even, I was looking at him and thinking, what? And he said he had certain experience, which the manager and I later on, when we were discussing this candidate's interview, said it's very unlikely he has an experience. But here's the kicker. My manager said, he probably hasn't done it, but his confidence, I'd rather bring him on, see him try. And even if he feels that's better are getting a lot of the other guys we brought in who just said the same old thing he was confident he went for it and he brought him in and he made him my manager that's a kicker number one kicker number two his pay was almost double my pay and i got my head ringing i didn't take time to think about it i didn't take time to reflect on it then till later on in my career when I lost a job and I was asking them for feedback and they told me why. But I realized for a lot of us, it's confidence. The confidence to speak up in meetings. Now, for some of us from a certain background, from us, from, some of us from a certain culture or certain background, you're not supposed to speak to your superiors. You're not supposed to speak to people who are older than you. You're meant to be very polite, very subservient. And I would say for some people like me of that time, what I didn't realize was being taught to be subservient also translated in certain other cultures like the culture where I work now as lack of confidence. I didn't realize it at the time, but on reflection, I now realize that sometimes some fears have been built into you from so long ago when you were young, it's hard to get rid of it and you don't even know that it's there. I've had to learn, learn, learn and remind myself to push and ask questions to be more confident to speak up. But these are just examples. But the ultimate point I'm trying to make about fear is this. Fear is a psychological issue. Most fear is psychological. You see, things like worry, tension, embarrassment, panic, they all come from mismanaged negative imaginations. They are negative imaginations we don't manage well. These imaginations come up and we just think the worst would happen. Instead of taking a deep breath and asking, Femi, come on, can this realistically happen? And even if it did, what are the odds it will happen? And if it did happen, what else could we do after that? We don't manage our emotions. So when they come upon us, we go into a dark place. And you see, the thing that doesn't help is a lot of people come to us and say, it's only in your imagination. Don't worry. There's nothing to be worried about. But this doesn't really help because what that does is it starts to make us think fear isn't real. But we need to stop this. Fear is real. Fear, to a certain extent, is a natural emotion. It's there to preserve us. It's hardwired into us. Ever since we've been people who've lived in the prehistoric times when we had to hunt, for example, we needed fear to help us manage and be aware of danger. 
The problem is, if we don't manage it well, it runs amok, it goes crazy, and it controls us, and it stops us from doing the things we need to do. So this old-fashioned, it's only in your mind treatment about fear, it doesn't really work. And that's what I want to talk about today. You see, truly, fear is a powerful force. In one way or another, fear prevents people from getting what they want from life. It prevents us from getting what they love. I can speak to it. It took me ages before I started this podcast. And now I'm, there are certain things I need to do to take it to the next level, which I'm doing slowly, but I know I should move faster. And to a certain extent, I'm saying to myself, if I do this, then there's more people that want to listen. Then there's more people. Um, there's, I need to do the podcast more regularly. And then, oh no, oh this, oh that. But really, Overcoming fear gets you to the other side of where you want to be. That thing you really desire, that thing you really want for yourself, it doesn't matter what it is. The fear is simply something you need to get through to get to the other side of it. And that's a reality we all need to face ourselves. For me, to be able to impact and, and use my gift to help people the way I want, it means overcoming this fear of doing all the work that goes with it. And that's the fact of it. So I want to talk about some real practical tips we can all apply to ourselves that can help us overcome fear. And don't think for a second, even the biggest stars don't have fear. Whether it's Barack Obama, whether it's Nelson Mandela, whether it's Michelle Obama, whether it's Donald Trump, whoever the person you look up to is, they all have fear. But here's the number one thing they don't do. They don't live there. They don't live where their fear is. The fear comes and they find a way to manage it. We have to get better at mind management. When fear comes upon us, I spoke about it in the previous podcast, being thankful. But this is also real time. When fear comes upon us, we need to ask ourselves very quickly, is this realistic? Ask yourself, is this realistic? And then the other question you ask yourself is, and if this happens, so what? Is there anything that has happened to any of us that hasn't happened to any man or woman before? Is there anything new under the sun? There are some things that will happen that will be heartbreaking. The worst could happen. But it's happened before. So, and the odds of it happening when all is said and done are quite low. They're quite low. And that's the thing we need to tell ourselves very, very quickly. So there's some, th there's some fears I want to talk about. But we need to get better at conditioning ourselves with this number one fact. Even the opposite, confidence. All confidence is acquired and is developed. No one is born with insane confidence. What's probably happened is people that were born, they had an environment, a nurturing environment, where that confidence was fed and nurtured. And they weren't nurtured in fear, but they were nurtured in confidence. No one is born with it. So those people who know and who are confident, they know how to manage worry. They know how to conquer their worry. And they know how to make sure at every point in time, even when they are conf when they are in fear and lacking confidence, it's only for a short period. They have a process for managing the fear. They either write it down, they articulate their fears, they say what's the worst that could happen, and they say, okay, what do I need to manage this fear, to manage the risk down, so that it's very unlikely it happens. And if it happens, this is what I do. That's all it is. But here's the number one thing. If you don't take anything away from this podcast session today, take this away. Action cures fear. 
every day of the week. Action cures fear. The worst thing you could do when you're afraid of anything is to sit down and not do anything. You need to take action because if anything, at least the action takes your mind off the fear. And at best, the action pushes the fear away because you're doing something to mitigate and manage the fear. I mean, what we really should do is have a thought out plan and work towards that plan. But action really does cure fear. It really does. Now, there's some types of fear I'm going to talk about very quickly. There's a fear of number one embarrassment because of your personal appearance you won't believe it but a lot of us the lack of confidence comes from the way we look for some of us it's a fear of losing an important customer if you're in business or if you're in the workplace it's losing an important stakeholder or mismanaging the relationship with them number three fear of failing an examination an interview or a major meeting fear of it going wrong Number four, fear of things beyond your control. Number five, fear of being totally hurt or something you can't control happening to you. Number six, fear of what other people think and say about you. It's a big one. I remember my pastor always used to say, for most of us, we live for other people's opinions and we die by their criticism. But it's true. Number seven, fear of making an investment that goes wrong. And number eight, fear of people. But you see, when we face tough problems, if we don't take action, you stay in the mud. You stay mired in that mud, in that place. It's like the ostrich. When they say the ostrich buries its head in the sand, that's what they really mean. Ostriches, when things go wrong, they bury their head in the sand because it's like, I don't want to hear what's happening. I don't want to know what's happening. But things aren't getting better. They are getting worse. So what we need to do is we need to make sure we put these action principles to work. Whenever you are afraid, whether it's a big fear or a little fear, just calm down and start to think of an answer to the problem. Ring people you've, that's, that's been through it before. Ring people you trust and say, this is my challenge. Brainstorm and come up with an action plan. And that immediately calms you down. A problem shared is a problem halved. A fear shared is a fear halved as well. Believe it or not. And that's why you need to get your trust circle. But we'll come to that another day. But back to these types of fears. So what are the things you can do? Number one, if you're embarrassed because of your fear of your personal appearance or you're worried about your personal appearance, improve it. If it's because you think you're the wrong weight, then do the right thing. Eat better. Do exercise. Invest in the right clothes. Spend some money and get some confidence. I did a podcast with Lara Lauda previously about the impact of clothes on how we look on our confidence and right colors. If you're worried about the way you look, it doesn't matter the way you look. There are clothes you can wear that will immediately put your confidence up to another level because they bring out the pop, the colors, and make you look better. If that's it, then do that. But don't just sit there and say, I won't do anything. Number two, fear of losing an important customer. Then work harder to do better service. Ask your customer, what are the things that concern you right now? What would you like to see more from me? What is your biggest challenge? How are you feeling about our relationship? I did a podcast on this earlier. Ask this question. And when you do that, your customer will tell you. And even if things are bad at that moment, they will see that, okay, you are trying to make things better. And they'll buy into your plan to make things better. 
But don't just sit there and say it's gone bad. I'm not going to do anything. Ring your customer up and ask them, what do you need to see from me? Are you unhappy? How are you feeling right now? Number three, fear of failing an interview or, a, or an exam or something, some important meeting. Instead of worrying, just spend as much time as you have studying, planning for these meetings, doing what you need to do. Fear of things beyond your control. Then switch your attention to something completely different. The things that are beyond your control are beyond your control. You cannot do a thing about it. So switch your attention to something completely different. Go for a walk. Hug your family. Talk to your kids if you've got any. Go out, for your, go out with your friends. Ring someone you know. Just take your mind off it because the things that you can't control, you can't control. If it's going to rain, it's going to rain. Fear of, being, fear of being physically hurt by something or someone you can't control. Just help other people instead. Turn your attention to helping others. It's one of, known to be that one of the best ways to manage fear or to manage anything that's wrong with you is to help other people. Focus on helping other people. When you help others solve their problems, someone will help you solve yours. And if anything else, pray for other people. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for other, for other people. People who are spiritual know that one of the best ways to have your own prayers answered is to pray for other people. Because when you pray for other people, God, the divine, sees what you're doing and he can't leave you there if he knows you're praying for other people. And then fear of what other people might say. Make sure what you plan is right. Make sure what you're doing is right and then do it. As long as you are doing the right thing, as long as you are focused on doing the right thing, you're not hurting anybody. And as far as your faith, spiritually or whatever guides you, you know you are doing the right thing. You can't help anybody. You just have to do the right thing and then do it. No one has ever done anything worthwhile without being criticized. Fact. If, for those of us who are Christians, if our Lord Jesus Christ could come and was criticized on earth, what do you think any of us are going to suffer? I won't see any more than that point. Fear of making an investment. Analyze all factors. Analyze, analyze. Show me someone who has never, who, someone who has never made a bad decision. And I'll show you someone who has never, ever made a decision before. That was the saying by Ron Dennis, the CEO of McLaren, McLaren Racing. He knows what he's talking about. He's worth $500 million. And he has been really successful in building multiple championship winning race teams. And that's what he said. Show me someone who hasn't made a bad decision. And I'll show you someone who has never made a decision before. If you make enough decisions, you make some bad ones. The trick is, as soon as you make a decision that's bad and it looks bad, you fix it. You work, you work to fix it. No decision has to be the end. But if you're going to make a decision, analyze all factors. Then be, decis then be, decis be decisive. Here's a trick you can apply. Think, ask, decide, act. Tada! You think about the problem, you ask around, you decide what you're going to do, and then you act. End of discussion. End of discussion. And then number eight, fear of people. I mean, I spoke to Rene Carayola about a few weeks ago, listen to that podcast, and we're speaking about people and how he manages to do with heads of states when he meets them. 
And the answer is the same. You have to put people in perspective. One of the easiest ways to realize is that everyone breeds like you. Everyone has concerns like you. They all fall ill like you. They have children like you. They have hopes and dreams like you. Every one of us is vulnerable. Every one of us is human. Every one of us was born and every one of us will die. Nobody is more special than you. I keep saying this. A lot of us overestimate other people and underestimate ourselves. If you would see yourself for the amazing person you are, you would do wonders. You are unique yourself. And there's something to be said about being unique. I'll say this again and I'll say it again. There is nobody that can write the way you write, have the children you have, was born where you were born, to the family you were born, and grew up in the town you grew up, and has the experience you had. If you bring that all together, it makes a unique person that no one else can match. And somebody out there wants that mix. Your job is to present yourself as your unique person. Because if, if I, you try to compete at being someone else, that someone else will always win ahead of you because he's been his unique self or her unique self. So the best thing you can do is embrace your uniqueness. The world doesn't need any more same samies. They need unique people. And I hope that makes some sense. So use this two-step procedure to cure your fear and win confidence. Number one, isolate your fear. Find out what the exact fear is. Pin it down and examine exactly what you're afraid of if it's any of these fears I've spoken about. And then take action. For any kind of fear, there is an action. Financial fear, then there's a fear. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. I was listening to a, a, a sermon by um, a pastor called Andrew Womack. And he was speaking about his brother who had financial problems. He couldn't pay all his bills. And then there was this man that kept chasing his brother up and asking him for money all the time. You owe me, you owe me. And then one day the brother came out with a hat. And he said, in this hat, I've wrote, written the name of everyone I owe money. And every month I shake the hat, I put my hand in it and I pull someone's name out. Whoever's name I pull after that hat is the person that gets paid. If you keep bugging me, I'm going to take your name out of this hat. And guess what will happen then? You have zero chance of getting your money. <laughs> the man said, oh, I'm sorry. And he went away. The point of the matter is, even if it's financial challenges you have, if you speak to enough people you owe and say, this is what I have, and can you take this monthly? They will take it because it's better than getting nothing from you. Where I'm from, there's a saying, when someone is owing you money and they're bugging you for the money too much, what do we say at some point? You say, all right, take it from my body. Why don't you draw blood from my body? And it's the same. I use this example to say for everything, there's a way to manage, there's a way to manage fear. We just need to think well but the most important thing you need to do is confront it and say what am i afraid of and then put in plan an action plan as simple as that it is as simple as that so here's another thing we need to think about though when it comes to fears for a lot of us what's really making us afraid is memories i speak a bit about when I lost my first job. It was a Friday at four o'clock and I was called into a meeting room by my manager and he just told me, Femi, you're sacked. Leave the office today. For a long time, anytime anybody put a meeting in my calendar at four o'clock on Friday, I would start getting panic attacks thinking I was about to be fired. It was a memory. And what I needed to do was I needed to get to a point where I managed that memory. 
and turn it around for something good. Because what a lot of us do is we allow these memories to just live and we don't manage them. So one of the things that you need to do is whenever you have all these thoughts, you need to reframe them. It's called reframing and that's when you change them for good. So what did I do with that memory? I said, because after that, I lost that job. That's when I went to one of the best jobs I had in my life. And I said, from now on, any meeting comes, it's a big chance. It's me being released into my next level of blessing. It's me being released into the next level of my life. And I started to see meetings as no big deal. Whatever happens, happens. I am going to be someone who's going to enjoy my life and I'm going to progress to the next level, whatever happens. Sometimes, these things need to happen to take you to the next level. And from then on, anytime I lost a job, I just thought about it for a second. I said, you know what? It's probably my next level. It's my time to leave that job. And that's what some of us need to do. Your brain is like a bank. Your brain stores things. And it depends what you feed your brain is what to call back. So your responsibility is whenever anything happens to you, shape it for positive and store it straight away. And that's what the positive, that's what the successful people do. If you ever watch tennis, you notice that a tennis player, when he shoots a shot and it's the wrong shot, you notice that he starts swinging his hand, practicing that shot. What is he doing? He's visualizing and shooting that shot again, but this time successfully. That's what we need to do. We have to get to a point where we become mind managers. You have to become a guardian of your mind. Everything that comes into your mind, you have to be like, a guardian, like a gate man, like a keeper of your mind. If anything comes in, whether it's the TV you watch, whether it's the people you talk to, it's the friends you hang out with, the books you read, you have to ask yourself, is this going to do me any good? And if it's a no, you, you move it out of the way. And if it's going to come in anyway, you reshape it. So deposit only positive thoughts in your mind. Okay? Because negative, unpleasant thoughts, when they're deposited in your mind, they affect it the same way positive does. It lives there, it marinates, and it overcomes you. And before you know it, you're panicking about everything else. And I spoke about this before. Count your blessings. Always count your blessings. Because when you count your blessings, you realize how good you have it. And when you realize how good you have it, it minimizes these fears. It just makes them small. Especially in a time like this with COVID and everything else, it just makes you realize... The fact that I'm alive, not having a job, not having money, could be a lot worse. I could be in the morgue. I could be gone. I could have had COVID badly and be dead. I'm alive. So what's the worst that can happen? I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm thankful. And that's something we all need to get better at doing. And that way you only withdraw positive thoughts. Because when you're thankful, it releases dopamine that makes you feel better. But I want to speak, before I wrap this up, about managing people. Number one, when it comes to managing your fear of other people, get a balanced view of other people. We need to get better at getting a balanced view of other people. Don't put them on a pedestal and certainly don't put yourself on a pedestal. All men are created equal. They may be in a better place financially. They may be in a better place in some other way. But what you need to remember is that they've all got fears. They've all got concerns. You've got fears. They've got fears. And just because you see somebody, you don't know what they're going through behind the scenes. Your voice is just as important. What you shouldn't do is make anyone more special than you and put anyone else ahead of you. And number two, develop an understanding attitude. 
one of the things I try to do now is when I see people reacting and screaming and shouting, I just realize that you just don't know what's going on in their personal life and why they're acting this way and why they're trying to intimidate you. Sometimes you are the one person they came across and they're venting out to you. And so you have to get to this place where you just understand. You look at them and think, he or she's probably going through a rough time at home. He or she's got something they're dealing with. And it just makes you realize they're just people and they're acting out and you just happen to be the one in the firing line. And it's not personal. The moment you stop to take things personally, you relax because the big fear is that a lot of, none of us want to be vulnerable. None of us want to be hurt. So we don't want to be, feel that pain. But the moment you're relaxed, you know there's nothing they can say that will hurt you because you are confident, you are secure in yourself. But most importantly, here's one thing to remember. As long as you always do the right thing, as long as you remain true to yourself and you do the right thing, it gives you peace. And once you have peace, your confidence becomes unshakable because you're doing the right things. And you know that even if things don't work, you do the right thing. You will keep doing the right thing. For some of us, that lack of fear just comes from uncertainty and guilt sometimes of having done something we shouldn't have done. So here's to wrap it up. Here's five things. Five things we can do. Action cures fear. Isolate your fear. Take constructive action. But inaction is unacceptable. Whatever you are afraid of, write something down on paper and get to it immediately. Either you're moving or you're not. And when you're not, the fear grows and grows and grows. Action drives out fear. Number two, make supreme effort to put only positive thoughts in your memory bank. Focus all the time about focusing on what is good, pure, lovely, of good report. If that sounds familiar to some of us. Put things in proper perspective. Remember, most of people are more alike than we realize. Black, white, whatever our race. Most of us are more alike. We have parents, we have families, we have siblings, we have financial concerns, we have health concerns, we have everything. Remember that. Number four, practice doing what your conscience tells you to do is right. The more you do what is right, it prevents poisonous pill of guilt complex growing inside you. And doing what's right is a very practical way for success. And make everything about you say, I am confident. The way you dress, the way you talk, the way you smile. Action begats emotion. Act. When people say fake, fake it till you make it, I'm not a big fan of it. But what they're really saying is, here's an assignment to do. Stand up with your stand up, sit up with your chest sticking out. How do you feel? Now compare that to slumping your shoulders and looking down. What's the energy like? That's your answer. You act it, and then you will feel it. You act it, and you feel it. And that's the same way they say with even relationships, in love. The action of love brings the emotion of love, not the emotion of love bringing the action of love. It's been a long one, everyone, but I really wanted to share my deeper thoughts about fear after reading a lot about it and understanding more about how we manage these fears and how we deal with it and giving you the tools you can use to destroy fear and build confidence. 
as an extra, I'd like everyone to, if you've enjoyed this podcast today, please do share it with someone you think can use it. Go to the, your, your favorite podcast page or go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a great feedback. Share it with people you know who can help, who, can, who would love this. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. With that said, get unleashed and stay unleashed. Unleashed.